This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a production of Catholic Radio Indy. Now here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hello. Great to be with you. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, and we want to thank everybody who made our share last week such a big success. We did raise some much-needed funds for Catholic Radio here, so we appreciate uh, everybody, our, all of our regular donors, of course, and any new donors who joined our family of donors last week. Thank you very, very much, and thank you also to all of the volunteers who came in and uh, answered the phone and took care of the food and the paperwork and all of the details that go to uh, making a successful share So thank you very much. And I also just want to squeeze in here. We just got a check the other day uh, for another car that was donated. And amazingly, people do donate cars to Catholic Radio, and we certainly appreciate that very much. Uh, when you donate the car, you never know what it's going to bring. I mean, and sometimes they're literally salvaged, and we still get a few dollars out of them. Uh, sometimes they're taken to auction. Sometimes different things happen to them. But uh, we just got a nice check for a couple of vehicles that were uh, donated to Catholic Radio. So thank you to both of those families. And just a reminder that if you want to do that yourself, you can do it just by going to our website, catholicradioindy.org. And uh, there's a little Donate Your Car button there. And it's simple. It's really simple. All you need is your name. You do need the title so uh, because they'll ask for the VIN, uh, the vehicle identification number. And that's pretty much all it is. You uh, make a phone call or drop an email there through that link, and somebody will be back in touch. And the next thing you know, they'll be showing up on your doorstep to either drive it away or tow it away, whatever, whatever it takes to get it off your property. So thanks to everybody who has donated and uh We have got a great program today on one of the really ongoing, I don't know, mysteries maybe within the church. I mean, a lot of the things happened, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, but this has a connection right to today. No doubt. Um, This is going to be really an interesting topic. Uh, Actually, right here in the Indianapolis metro area, the Shroud of Turin, uh, a replica, is being... um, there's like a mobile, um, I guess, pilgrimage or it's, it's being going around to different parishes. And right here in central Indiana, right downtown at St. John the Evangelist, Evangelist Church, um, this week, um, the replica of the Shroud of Turin is there. So you want to go check that out and you want to check out the um, website at St. John the Evangelist uh, Parish and you can get more details there. But today, we actually, our guest, Martha May, is a Shroud of Turin enthusiast she is actually studied quite a bit about that she's from the diocese of lafayette living in lafayette indiana so martha may welcome to faith in action thank you and thank you for having me all right well i actually have a mouse pad that has the image of the shroud of turin on it and i have one on my uh, refrigerator as well it was given to me a gift many many years ago uh, when i attended a christ renews parish but I'm guessing there might be one or two people out there that maybe doesn't exactly know what that is. So tell us what it is, Martha. Absolutely. The Shroud of Turin is an ancient linen cloth that measures about 4 feet wide, 14 feet long, and it contains the front and back image 
very faintly, of a beaten, scourged, crucified man who I believe is Jesus. And I hope that by the time we're done talking today, you'll believe that this is Jesus' burial cloth, too. Well, when, when was this actually discovered, and where was it discovered? I'm curious about that. That's a really good question. It first appeared, well, the first documentation of it appears in Leary, France, in 1360. And we have excellent documentation and ownership of it from 1360 on. But prior to that, we don't have, um, you know, written text about the uh, where it existed prior to that. From there, though, the Savoy family uh, in in uh, Italy, purchased the shroud in 1453, and they moved it to where they lived in Turin, Italy, and it has remained there um, and was in their possession for almost 500 years. And then in, then in the 1980s, uh, the uh, Savoy family gave the shroud to the Pope and the Catholic Church. So it currently resides in the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist in Turin, Italy. It is in an argon gas-filled case to keep it safe, and uh, it's there. Uh, and, and it goes on display, public display, probably, well, I would say about every 50 years. Oh, more wow. recently, they've been doing it more recently. Um, because it's good for the economy, <laughs> the struggling area in Turin. Uh, but it has not been publicly displayed many times. Wow. Certainly since the, uh, certainly since the 1800s. Well, one of our previous guests had given me, um, had referred me to you saying, hey, maybe you'd want to interview Martha May. And at the time that we scheduled this, I had no idea that it was even going to be right downtown. So there you go. We got a miracle of the Holy Spirit working right here in Catholic Radio Indy. (laughs) Well, Martha, I want to know, how did you get interested in this? What tell us a little bit about your background and, and what drew you to be fascinated by this topic? Well, you know, uh, 12 years of Catholic education, that'll, that's a good start, right? <laughs> that'll do it, uh, right? <laughs> I, uh, I vividly remember I was a junior in high school in 1978, and I remember reading an article in our Sunday Visitor that talked about a group of scientists who were going to go over to Italy and study the Shroud of Turin. And I, I can remember being so fascinated by then. Um, and then in the 80s, I, you know, I was in college, and I remember reading some of the uh, published findings that, they, that the scientists had published after their studies. Um, but, you know, then you graduate. Then I graduated, got a job, life gets busy, mm-hmm. you move on. But every time that they would put the shroud on display, I would say to myself, man, I wish I could see that. I really want to go see that. In, in the year 2000, I vividly remember they had a huge, big public exposition of, of the Shroud then, and uh, wasn't able to, to make it then. But in, in 2015, when they did it again, I made it over there and actually had an opportunity to see it. Where is Turin? Um, I know you said it's in Italy, but what part of Italy is it? I, I was over there on it's- a pilgrimage in 2000, and we did not make it there, so I'm wondering how close we were to it. 
It's very far north. Okay. It's up almost. It's, it's up to the Alps area. It oh. actually is nestled in the Alps, um, and it's uh, it's west of Milan. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of research um, have you done in terms of learning about this? I. Uh, it's funny that after uh, 2015's trip, I uh, joined a lot of Facebook groups on the Shroud of Turin. And as, a, as the Holy Spirit will do, uh, one of the Facebook groups posted about a course where you could get a postgraduate degree in Shroud Studies from one of the pontifical universities in Rome. It was an online course, and so I researched that, and um, I, I, in 2018, I signed up for it. Almost 40 years from the time I first read about the Shroud in 1978, and uh, a year later, I got my postgraduate degree in Shroud Studies. So I spent a good long time learning a lot of different things about the Shroud, a lot of different uh, aspects, a lot of its characteristics, and other things like, uh, well, first and foremost, we learned the connection to the Bible, the, yeah. the biblical ties. To I was the just going to ask you about that. What, what are some of the um, corresponding stories that, that go along with Jesus' death and burial that are connected with the Shroud? Well, there are just so many. Uh, it, it is, when you look at the Shroud, you can see the Gospel accounts of Jesus' passion right there on the cloth. What do we know about Jesus' passion and death? We know that Jesus was beaten, he was scourged, he was crowned with thorns, he fell when he was carrying the, uh, his cross, he was nailed to the cross, his side was pierced after he died. One of the most fast, and, and all of that you can see, on the cloth. But one of the things that I think is fascinating is that you actually glean more information and more specifics from the shroud than you do the gospel account. All right, go in, go into some of those. I'm I'm really curious okay. about this. <laughs> For example, the um, artists typically depict Jesus crucified through the palms of his hands. And what we know from looking at the shroud is that the nails actually went through the wrist bone. And we know that uh, because, a couple of things. If it was actually uh, crucified, the nails actually went through his hands, the weight of his body would pull through his hands, and, and, and the nail would rip through his hands. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be able to support him. Mm-hmm. Whereas when it was nailed through the wrist bone, it supported the body on the cross. The, um, another example is, again, artwork typically shows Jesus being crowned with a, I'll call a ring of thorns instead. So it's more like a headband, I guess, mm. to say, of a torturous headband. But, mm. yeah. uh, but what we know from the shroud is that there are actual puncture wounds from the thorns on the top of his head. So it was actually more a cap of thorns instead of a ring of thorns that we traditionally see portrayed. And then for me, probably one of the most meaningful things when I look at the Shroud uh, is the number of small bloodstains that are on the back of the man of the Shroud, Uh, all through his back, down his thighs, to his calves, all the way down to his feet. You see the effects of the scourging. And when you compare that to the gospel accounts 
the gospel accounts say Jesus was scourged, or the man was scourged. What you see on the Shroud of Turin is the severity of that scourging. You see the amount of torturous wounds and blood that still exists on that cloth. Again, showing what Jesus, you know, did for us. Wow, that's really powerful. And I'm, I'm curious, um, I know this has been studied uh, quite a bit. I mean, is there, I guess, is, it, is there a way to authenticate it? I mean, is it pretty well been authenticated across the board? I mean, that's kind of a big question, but what are your thoughts on that? Or what's the common, um, is there common agreement out there on its age and the authenticity of it and... Wow, that, that is a big question. I That's know it is. Question. In thirty in thirty <laughs> seconds before the break. I'm just <laughs> just just give it give it a try. It isn't authenticated. It has not been authenticated. It has been studied and I think that most uh, scientists will say that it is an aged cloth, that it is an ancient cloth. Uh, one of the largest uh, most comprehensive studies was done, as I mentioned, in nineteen seventy eight when it, when that group of Forty-some scientists went over to study the shroud, and the group was made up of a very purposely made up of a diverse religious group. So there were some Catholics, there were some Christians, there were some Jewish people, there were some atheists, and all of that with the intent so as not to be biased towards the Catholic faith. Um, they had one goal when they went over there. And that one goal was to figure out how that image was made. And uh, after they spent a week studying it, and they did all sorts of experiments. They did x-rays. They did a whole bunch of very different kinds of scientific photography. They tested the blood that they found on the shroud. And one of my favorites is they did an adhesive tape sampling. Um, And when they got all the way done with that, Here's the results they had. They could not tell us how that image was made. It it was a mystery to them on how that image was put on that cloth. They could tell us what it wasn't. It was not pigments or paints or dyes or stains of any kind. It wasn't scorch marks from, from a fire. So it's not a product of an artist, and it's not, it doesn't come from a fire. Um, they can tell us that the human that it was human blood on the shroud and it is type AB blood which just happens to match the blood type that you find on Eucharistic miracles in the Catholic Church. Wow, that's interesting. Um, how about that? That's right? really interesting. And one of the things that I mentioned was the adhesive tape sampling. I get a kick out of that because it was actually a Swiss scientist who brought a roll of tape from the store down the street, whereas the United States scientists went to the 3M Corporation and had a special, specially made adhesive tape so it left no residue on the fabric when they were done using it. But anyway, I digress. It just cracks me up. Um, different scientists. Uh, what they found with that, those tape samplings, they got microscopic pollen data off of the surface of the shroud. And what they found was that there are pollen species 
located from the, on the shroud that only come from plants that grow in Jerusalem and Turkey. Wow. So at some point in time, that cloth was, in fact, in Jerusalem. We need to take a break. That's super cool. When we come back, I want to ask you uh, more about maybe how modern technology has changed our research on the shroud. You mentioned that was 1978, so we're, we're, up, we're up a couple years from there. So uh, we'll uh, get into that um, in the second half of Faith in Action, so stay tuned. Faith in Action is our oldest, longest-running program here on Catholic Radio Indy. We're looking for some local Catholic businesses or organizations to help us underwrite the cost of this program. It doesn't cost a lot, and your underwriting support will help see that local programs like Faith in Action stay on the airwaves here in central Indiana. Most businesses have never thought about underwriting a program. They don't know how much it'll cost or what they might say in their underwriting announcements. Well, that's okay, because with just a phone call, we can tell you all about it. Call Val at 317-870-8400. 317-870-8400. The call is free and there's no obligation. We can really use your support. So please give Val a call right now while you're thinking about it. 317-870-8400. Or email Valerie at catholicradioindy.org. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Ayer. Jim Ganley and I are in the studio, and we are talking about the Shroud of Turin, which, if you haven't heard, is actually um, a replica, is in town for public view downtown at one of our favorite parishes, St. John the Evangelist, uh, here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And you can... uh, Go to their website, just Google St. John the Evangelist downtown Indianapolis, and you will get their website, and you can check out when you might be able to get over there and see it. Uh, we're talking with a Shroud of Turin enthusiast, and she actually has a postgraduate degree um, studying. Uh, I didn't even know those things just existed, uh, <laughs> a postgraduate degree in the Shroud of study of the Shroud of Turin. So Martha May is our guest, and um, I want to ask you the question about has modern technology changed the research of the shroud? You mentioned that it was uh, 1978 when they were, uh, 1978, is that right? When they really, really did that big study? I think I maybe said 1998 last, last time. So, but it was 1978. Um, any, has there been any new studies that have kind of looked at this or I'm wondering based on what's new, how, if people were to look at it again, scientists were to look at it again, how might it be different? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, it, as, as you said, in 1978, there was the big comprehensive study done. In 1988, there was another, um, I'll, I'll say, significant uh, testing done on the shroud, which actually was radiocarbon dating. It was a, a, a test that was done to uh, determine the age of the Shroud of Turin. And... Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on which side of the century on, I guess, but it came back. They, they actually sent a sample to three independent labs, one in the United States, one in Switzerland, and uh, one in Italy. And when they came back with their test results, they said that the, the cloth dated to the Middle Ages. And it was very publicized. Uh, they, it, it, they, I can remember a picture that... that with the chalkboard behind the, the people, and it said 1260 to 1390 with a big exclamation point to say, hey, the shroud's a fake. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and unfortunately, a lot of people still believe that. Further studies since then, and actually many scientists since then, have reviewed the methodology that those that was used during that carbon dating testing. And the biggest problem that they found was that where they took the sample was a big problem. They took a sample from a corner and uh, of the shroud, and it just so happens that that is where, in many of the centuries past, when the shroud was put on public display, it was held by that corner. And so most likely it was contaminated. I thought it was very interesting, however, another scientist looked at the cloth itself at that corner piece and found that they do believe that, indeed, that uh, piece of cloth that was tested was probably from the Middle Ages. But what it was was actually a repair piece. It was not the original shroud. So there still is a lot of um, controversy around that testing. Uh, Unfortunately, I, uh, I, uh, for us at this point, the last time, since the, the Catholic Church has taken ownership, uh, of the shroud, uh, they really haven't allowed access for any kind of scientific testing uh, for quite a few years. Uh, they did a big conservation project on the shroud in 2002. That was probably the last time I think they took some samples off of the shroud itself. Uh, so at this point, further testing is pretty doubtful of of the shroud. So when you actually I, I, I should go say ahead, new testing. I should say new testing. What they are doing, however, is scientists all over the world are still looking at the data that was collected from the 1978 uh, group and are still using that to come up with different ways and different um, analysis of the shroud itself. So even though we may not have access to it, the original data from the 1978 team is still being used heavily. Another point I'd like to make is that as I said, even today, scientists cannot tell you how the image was made on that cloth. But I think most scientists would agree that most likely it is a result of a strong burst of energy or a strong burst of light. And I love that because where in the world, where in our Bible do we see a strong burst of light occurring? Well, obviously, it's the resurrection. It just it just makes so much sense. It just makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. I, now, Mar- Martha, I, I just have a question. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, shroud is something that uh, exists today, and as you're explaining, there's some kind of questions about it, and it is not an absolute matter of faith uh, in the Catholic Church, or, or, or is it? I mean, if, if you're Catholic, do you have to believe in it? And if you don't believe in it, uh, are, are you in trouble? <laughs> that's a very good. That's a very good point. I'm glad you brought that up, Jim. Uh, no, it is not a requirement that you believe that the shroud of Turin is real. Um, uh, it is. It is presented as a relic, uh, and and so it is used for veneration purposes. Uh, and and so again, I think it's just a way. It's another supplement that we can use for our faith. And uh, but it is certainly not a requirement. And certainly just looking at it or being in its presence gives you cause to think about the crucifixion and everything that Jesus did, and that in itself is a real value. Yeah, and I'm wondering oh. I'm wondering what was your takeaway, I mean, kind of tagging on to what Jim said, um, 
what kind of a takeaway did, did you get, I guess, seeing it and then studying? I mean, I, I, can, I can only imagine um, the spiritual benefits of, of all that you've done in terms of researching it. Um, uh, people have asked me uh, uh, frequently what it's like to see the Shroud of Turn in person, and I don't have enough adequate words to describe it. <laughs> it is just a very moving, awe-inspiring, um, uh, powerful experience. And, and again, I think everybody takes probably something different away from it. For me, just to see the amount of wounds, um, of the man on the man uh, of Jesus right there in front of you, it is just very powerful and 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 as you said, a very strong meditation tool, especially here in in uh, uh, in Lent in periods of Lent and um, uh, Good Friday. For me, after seeing the Shroud of Turin, uh, I have never prayed the sorrowful mysteries of the Rosary the same way ever again. It adds a whole new dimension uh, when you when you see that when you when you have an opportunity to see the shroud. Uh, so here, the, so it, it is the stations of the cross right there, the stations of the cross right there on the cloth, and so uh, you can you you it just reinforces in a very personal way Jesus' suffering and uh, and what he did for us. Yeah, and I I, I just want to. For our local audience, I, I want to mention a couple things. Um, um, Marianne McAtee, who writes for the, the Catholic Moment, the paper in the Diocese of Lafayette, um, actually interviewed you, and there's going to be a feature story on, on you and this topic coming out sometime in the Catholic Moment in the near future, probably Holy Week or thereafter. So that's something yeah. you want to look for if you get that newspaper, maybe watch, see it online, and then also here locally, um, at downtown at St. John the Evangelist Parish, uh, you can uh, just Google them and, and find out when the public viewing is going to be available and check that out. Uh, any parting words for people who might be interested in getting uh, learning more about this? What, what, what encouragement uh, words would you have or how would you encourage them to take a look at it or maybe study about this? Well, first of all, absolutely take advantage of the of the the traveling display down there at, at St. John's, that would be lovely. Um, I would I would point people to the direction of uh, Shroud dot com. Uh, it is a wonderful website uh, developed and and uh, put together by Barry Schwartz, who was one of the documenting photographers of the nineteen seventy eight team. It is the repository for all the scientific papers and everything up to date, everything current, all the current information is out there. Uh, people are more than welcome to check out my Facebook page, Shroud Discovery. And um, if anyone is interested, I would love to come out and do small group setting discussions on the Shroud. Yeah, I was just um, going to ask. If, if people are interested in that, they can contact me through shrouddiscovery at comcast.net. We are out of time. Martha May, Shroud of Turin Enthusiast. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Thank you. You have been listening to Faith in Action. The program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a presentation of Catholic Radio Indy. You can hear this episode of Faith in Action again or any past episode at catholicradioindy.org. If you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future program, please call us at 317-870-8400 or email jim at catholicradioindy.org. 
www.thepowerhouse.org.